to My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and we pick their brains on a copious amount of music topics. I am one of your hosts, KJ. And I'm your other host, Scott. And today with us, we have none other than the versatile bass playing master himself, the one and only Zach Potter in the building today. (laughs) This is where I just like insert bass line. One, two, three! insert right here that i'm excited to have another bass player um alongside yeah. for the journey to talk music you don't get many of them you know have we had like a bass player on the well, show well devin plays bass but i don't think yeah, he'd call he, himself, he a bass player. himself a bass player mm-hmm. so yeah. you know there's not a lot of us floating around i know it's a rare breed isn't rare it? breed and it you know there's a lot of and i actually i'm going to be interested to ask you if you are a guitar player turned bass player or 100%. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Are yep. there any bass players that aren't? Ding, ding, ding! Right you? here. You didn't play guitar? Never. You're right. unique. I play it horribly. <laughs> the guitar. But, I wouldn't say and that. the bass, but no. Um, <laughs> no. I, so you're. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. But it's just good to have another bass player to yeah. talk uh, music with. Yeah. I've jammed with both of you, and I got to say, I'm sitting with some of the two best bass players around. <laughs> oh. Yes. Make me blush. Yeah, in this me area. too. <laughs> yeah. No, both of you. Both of you. you. You bring the best out of me. Anyway, I don't want to get all sentimental. So, Zach, nah. man, tell us. Tell us. What are you working on? What do you do? Who oh, are man. you? Let the people oh, know. I don't know where to start. Oh, let's see. Well, I, as you said, I play bass. I'm a failed guitar player who made the transition because I realized all my best friends were drummers. So I just figured that was a logical uh kind of like the idiot connection that you have with some people, you know, right. like all, like most drummers I meet are just kind of just, you know, they're drummers. They're yeah. all over the I get along with it. <laughs> now we have to I'm bring like, a drummer on at really some like point. <laughs> immature sense of humor, <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah, I just get along really well with drummers and I just figured, hey, I can play with a bunch of different people and like, uh, you know, I have some resemblance of, you know, some music theory background. I can just kind of sit in with all sorts of different genres and bands and play right. with all my different friends who are in different different groups. Let me stop you there for a second. You had a bunch of friends that played drums. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> Lucky like, you. I know, yeah, right? right? That's like yeah. trying to, that's even harder than finding a bass player yeah, than yeah. finding a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> so you start a band. It's like, all right, who wants to play drums? And everybody's like, no, no. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, that guy plays in 10 other bands. Maybe he wants to play in our band. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, D. That's him around <laughs> here. I feel like D plays in a billion things. Yeah, yeah. he's a busy guy. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot to carry around. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Well, oh man, I don't know. Um, I hate talking about myself. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm from Big Rapids, which is about an hour north of Grand Rapids. So, um, are you like from there, like born and raised? Not born, but I grew up there for most of my adult life. Okay. Uh, and that definitely influenced. Uh, there's a lot of good musicians that come from that town. Right. Uh, as I, you know, I opened my eyes to uh, like the different bands, like Ultraviolet Hippopotamus. Oh, yeah. I was a teenager mm. when they were starting, you know, starting to come out and like really do some some really cool stuff. And I found out uh, that I lived right around the corner from their uh, drummer's house, and we grew up like right next to each other, oh, pretty wow. much. That's crazy. So yeah, pretty wild. Um, and now I'm in a band with him <laughs> in the terms. It's all I can stand. 
Yeah, it's just kind of weird. I, I get along really well with drummers, and um, you know, I never really wanted to play bass. I did, never owned my own bass. I just borrowed my brother's. My I learned a lot from my older brother, who's also a musician. He happened to have a Fender Precision, and that's the one that I use now. I just hot-rodded it with new pickups. Oh, that's crazy. So it was like <laughs> family bass. Yeah. Nice. Does absolutely. he still play? Is he still active? No. Nope. Um, yeah, he... Yeah, I don't know. He... Uh, once he got married uh, and moved, he say realized, no you know, Just he's like, no he's more. like, I gotta, he's like, I gotta make a living somehow, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott, I'm glad you found that enjoyable. Oh, <laughs> now, I think, that, I mean, to interject one more time, I think it's cool. You had an older brother that turned you on to all things music. I had, oh, yeah. I had very much the same thing. Um, how many, I, how many siblings do you I have? I have one older brother. He's two years older. Nice. And so, um, everything I learned about music was through him. Yeah, um, all, all my taste. I mean, eventually, we sort of formed ourselves, right? Um, but I, you know, he kind of brought me along and got me interested in. in the, then I picked up the bass. And, I cannot mm-hmm. lie; I get jealous yeah. of those stories. Like my yeah. wife has four brothers and sisters, and so you know, and her older brother being like twelve years older, so she got like the full range. Right. Know? I was the oldest, and all I had was a younger sister, so I had to like hunt for my music. You know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's you know I think both sides are great. Yep. You know, when you're the trailblazer <laughs> or you're the, you know, the person that gets to kind of pick up what's being laid down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always an interesting journey. I always love to hear people's stories of like how they got into music. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach, mm-hmm. so you play in the turnups, obviously. Don't you play in some other bands too? Yeah. Um, I've been pretty, I, I, my quote career goal has been to, uh, freelance pretty yeah. much and play with as many different bands and different scenarios as possible. Um, I've been playing with, uh, you know, some, uh, like some wedding bands, private gig, you know, yeah. private party bands with just stacked with some killer musicians. That, Let's course. pause really quick. Yeah. Is yeah. it the blue, what's yeah. it called? Yeah. Blue, blue water, water Kings. Kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We keep talking I need to about add that. A bell there too. Everybody <laughs> we're talking with all these cats are playing with these guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and cool. it's a it's a definitely you know you got to bring your A game, and uh, try to prepare as much as possible because you never know what's going to happen, uh, especially yeah. as a bass player because you're hundred oh, percent in control. Uh, stuff goes wrong all the time, and people will take the wrong cue or do something just yeah. a brain fart, and you well, got to follow like, them. Yeah, I mean, how many people are we? I don't want to go down that path. No, we can like, go down it. You might as well. well I mean, we're talking we've, about everybody it. we've talked yeah. to with Chris and Elijah, it's like there's a, a number of players that are sort of in this rotating cast of people yeah. that get brought in. And mm-hmm. it's hard to be on the same page. Yeah. You know, you, even if you're, you know, relatively learned with all the songs that are being, you know. Yeah, I feel like even if you know theory, that's got to be hard to just mm-hmm. be like, hey, here's. 20 people or however many people mm-hmm. you have like let's Buy do it with them yeah, yeah. you got a whole horn section and yeah. uh yeah. like multiple vocalists and yeah. you just gotta figure well, whatever happens happens i have no a game to bring to no that. yeah <laughs> i would i would fail miserably <laughs> at a gig like i got that. So really good at everybody. reading uh how like what chord a guitar player is playing by the like the just shape that they're the shaking yeah, yeah. yeah i can do that yeah. i'm really good at that's that what, i feel like that's what we do a lot don't like, give me any sheet music but give me your hand position and i can follow you pretty well yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's cool. So, 
kind of guy for hire to a certain degree. Yeah. Who you play? You play with was it Flylight Gemini? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that the band? Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, Flylight Gemini just recorded uh, a new record at Third Coast okay. Recording. You're on um, that one. I'm on that one, oh. and uh, yeah, the tracks are sounding great. They were recorded by Kevin Cozell. Have you met him yet? No, he's, no, we've heard his name. Oh a yeah, lot. he's yeah. A killer guitar player. He's nice. really good. Just I think great. he might be friends with Ben. Okay, Our, that, maybe that's where I've heard it. Right, yeah, right. yeah, because they're on a Grand Haven. He's in mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, Ben's from Grand Haven. We're so. gonna have to bring Ben on. Please. We gotta bring. We, we gotta just do. We've, we've mentioned episode. Ben many yeah. episodes. <laughs> Are, do you have a relationship? Because you guys did with the turnips a third coast like mm-hmm. session do you have yeah. a relationship with is it with kevin mm-hmm. that kind of yeah kevin and i are friends cool uh, we met through the wedding band cool we'll have to bring him on at some point yeah. yeah yeah he's yeah he's really cool um really good really nice guy uh super talented and really easy to work with which is super important always because, a good thing yeah because when you're bringing you know you're married to your ideas of what your what you think your, your song should sound like or what it, what it should be and it's good to have someone at the helm who can be like yeah maybe we shouldn't do that or, so he's like quasi producer in a way yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. And it's always good to have an engineer that you know can kind of wear all those different hats right on yeah, right you on. don't really get that i mean we we recorded i mean with you know somebody was doing it their first time we did our first album and then same thing we did the ep we were kind of recording with somebody but be like I think this is why we were decided to record our next album because it's just like we weren't getting that feeling from other people of like hey you should do this or mm-hmm. do that or try and switch this up so we were being that for each other yeah. right like, you know, right yeah. hold yourselves accountable yeah 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 so that's good all I'm saying is that's good that he does that you know yeah. if he's bringing people to the studio like that yeah for yeah. sure yeah Kevin um you know I like he and I uh, really bond over different types of guitars and really like cool amps because uh, Third Coast has this collection of amazing vintage amplifiers. That's sweet. And so he's like, well, what do you want? What should we use for this track? Well, how about we just use this vintage Marshall stack and a vintage Fender Twin Reverb and uh, maybe a basement too or a vintage yeah. Ampeg. How about yeah. everything? <laughs> <laughs> That's something I don't think of. I mean, we've never had that opportunity to like have that, you know, because we were, again, talk w- with Chris, because he did his um, album at Third Coast. Was mm-hmm. it Third Coast? Yeah. Okay. Um, and because we were, I was, I, I brought up. It's always um, Third Coast or La Luna and always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just brought yeah. up, because he had been posting on Instagram, like, just, like, these photographs of, like, you know, the most amazing, cool guitars and amps and, you know, and synths and keys. I'm like, it's like a kid in a candy store. It's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we've been sort of relegated to what we have. Sometimes you have to do what you got to do, but it's cool to have that luxury to kind of pick what fits the sound that you hear in your head for the song. Absolutely. And to have plenty of options, too. And right? options, yeah. 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 I know. I just can't imagine if, like, options. It's almost, like, intimidating. Like, I feel like I'd be like, let's try this. Let's try yeah. that. Let's do this. One of let's every kind. Yeah. yeah. One of every kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to compartmentalize and be like, this is what you need. This is what it works for, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with the people about you? Oh, well, plenty. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I mentioned that all, all my friends are seem to be drummers. Yeah. You know, um, a really good friend of mine, um, Jeremiah Pillbeam. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lives uh, up in White Big Elephant, Rapids. Right? Yep. White yeah, Elephant okay. Records. He played in a band called the Dirty Americans. And they, man, I had their poster 
on my wall when I was like 15, 16 years old. They just revolutionized how uh, like a song should be written and how the drums should be played Ooh, because he okay. played. He he's a very strong John Bonham influence. Oh, I mean, okay. he has like the Vista Light kits, yeah, all the same yeah, size, yeah. multiple kind. It's he's, he's got the John Bonham vibe mm-hmm, going yeah, on. That's and cool. he just, it's my, solid, yeah. rock solid confident and it's the kind of playing that when he hits the snare drum you feel it in your teeth <laughs> like my teeth are sensitive no like i just like ate ice cream it's uh, yeah i don't know it's that's yeah, awesome yeah. it's it's really impressive and he and i we just you know i used to worship the guy and i ran into him at a walmart of all places in big rapids i discovered that he was living in big rapids they're a detroit band right um opening for ted nugent and uh, like friends with kid rock all this crazy oh, wow. stuff like you know he's the real deal that's what's he's up. got great ears he's a great producer great engineer great drummer he just really knows how to craft a song no shout out jeremiah man that's my guy it's so yeah. funny like i'm I feel like I'm connected to him through Devin and Adrian mm-hmm. and just like seeing him around and things like that. Yeah. Never went to the studio, but uh, we got to get him on here. Yeah. Oh, him and, and, cool. and, and Alicia, man. I feel like him and Alicia. And yeah. I, I just keep going back to like the the quote unquote like mission statement of this podcast is just to like continue to tie together all the people in the community yeah. of, of West Michigan music. So yeah. I always think it's funny where it's just like, you come here, right? And I'm like, Zach, what's up, man? How you doing? And Scott's like, yeah, never met you. I'm like, never you met you. Never met Zach? Dude, Wait, I, what? I don't that doesn't make any yeah. sense to me, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah I love so it. Cool. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I feel like that's a good uh, time to go into like our topic. Should we Should we dive into it? Let's dive. Yeah. All right. So we already gave Zach, we, we told you kind of what we're diving into. Other than a catchy hook, you know, uh, other than a, in a chorus, because I feel like a lot of times when people like a song, they mention like, oh, it's the hook or the chorus or whatever. Um, but other than that, like what other sonic elements of a song make you want to go back and be like, oh, I got I to gotta mm. listen to that again? Yeah. Right. I love like good production in a song. So like a spe- like one thing that really sticks out to me uh, will be uh, like different uh, things that contrast in a song in a production. So one thing will be completely, let's say, uh, let's like a completely dry sound mm. on a song. Uh, like let's say the drums, snare drum, super mm-hmm. dead dry sound, and then mm-hmm. uh, like vocals and acoustic guitar have this like uh, like just crazy reverb behind it, uh, where you, it just feels like you're swimming in the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it tingles your ears because yeah. you're getting this experience that maybe is not a live experience. Like you couldn't have that live, right? Where the drums yeah. are so dry, but yeah. like it's so it's it's this new thing that you feel. Right. Yeah, a couple things that come to mind. Uh, especially like just bringing up that example, uh, like a dry drum sound. If you've ever listened to Sea Change by Beck. A bunch of the songs on that, like just a real, it sounds like it was recorded in a closet or something, like an ISO booth. I love it. And then the rest of the instruments are, it's like endless reverb behind it. Uh, I just find that mixing approach really interesting. And I think that's what stimulates my interest in listening to a song more than once, because you can always pick out different things every time you listen. Right. Uh, another one might be Radiohead. They're probably one of my favorite bands for, they've been one of them for a Radio, long time. That's another band that keeps coming up. I, I put a like. bell in there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Production wise, they're just, they are some of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the song "Weird Fishes" off oh, of the album in Weird Rainbows, Fishes. yeah, because that another one completely dry drum sound, and then guitar 
vocals is Monster Reaper. From from jump on us one two three mm-hmm. like as yeah. soon as it comes in it's like oh, they're like on. the quintessential headphone band right they are yeah yeah if I if I could piggyback off of that song with Weird Fish is the other thing that just like something about that guitar like the reverb or the space on it in between those arpeggiated notes mm-hmm. like it just feels so good to me we're mm-hmm. like. Literally, if it was just the guitar sometime, like, mm-hmm. I, I could just handle that, and I think that song would be great, you know? Yeah. Especially but yeah, Radiohead, I mean, there's yeah. so many good reasons to go back and listen to those songs that have nothing to do with the, the melody or the, right. the lyrics or whatever. It's just, like, the sonics yeah. or where it's yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. It's like thinking of a, a, a catchy Radiohead hook other than Creep. Like, what <laughs> would you even think? Of? I'm like, I don't even think of hooks. I mean, I, I think, think like Radio Tech is, yeah. like, their poppiest song after, you know? True. Yeah. Yeah. But... That's not their goal. Their goal is to build, you know, I think of them more orchestral, symphonic in, in terms of how they're building songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, but going down your, your, your train of thought with like uh, quality of instrumentation and the recording of the instruments, um, for me, it's all, if there's a really good drum tone. Yeah. I'm Does like, that exist? There, I think it does for oh, sure. Yeah. Whether it's like a super compressed drum. Oh, yeah. Um, or like a super crunch drum, like in a lot of, uh, Flaming Lips, um, Mm -hmm. albums. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote down for a specific example, um, the song Stink Finger by Funkadelic. he's playing a kit that has no bottoms on his toms um i can't quite tell what his drum what his drum kit is but it sounds awesome yeah i wonder who's playing drums on that i mean they always rotate so many members i don't know who's playing on what i don't even hear who's playing it it's just the drum kit itself sounds awesome (laughs) like it's just like it gets it tingles my ears and like I could. There's so many good songs with great drum sounds but like every time i want to talk about drums i want to talk about that song yeah so I like it's funny do you think the average I don't know like listener consumer like maybe I just think of us being musicians so we're like oh the drums are so dope on this song that I don't even care about the hook I could go back do you think the average listener would even think about anything like that or mm-hmm. does does that secretly seep in their head and they don't even know it it might I think people I mean everybody processes listening to music differently true some people will only pay attention to the words I don't I'm the worst with words. I don't <laughs> listen to the words. Uh, I, I focus more on melody. Right. Um, like a melody that really moves me. Well, you know, that's impressive. And the tonal quality mm-hmm. of the instruments or the voice, anything, anything pretty much but the words, the, the actual <laughs> content that you're supposed to be listening to. Yeah. No, I don't care what yeah. you're talking about. I totally agree. I totally like, I'm so yeah. nonsensical with my lyrics. I feel like when I write and that, I feel like that comes from chili peppers too. Just sure. Like, I don't yeah. really care about the music, the lyrics, I guess, or like the words. So yeah. I'm just like, I could pretty much say whatever. Yeah. As long as the, the cadence of the, I, I care more. That's another thing that will, yeah, I was going to say other than a catchy hook, like the cadence of the lyrics, you know, I think that's what makes like give it away. So yeah. good with, it 
it's just like the cadence like it's so catchy you know right so even if your hook is literal trash with lyrics mm-hmm. it's the cadence i feel like that makes also we sort of talked about with adrian as well yeah we did yeah you know yeah. it's not necessarily always what you're saying but how you fit what you're saying around the beat shout out 311 man here comes the thunder down under when natural wonders not falls when we need all you feel the hunger sun rises leave up a frog stage and sizes dig on the deck <laughs> um what was i gonna say to that extent oh, you made me lose my train of thought by dropping the 311 <laughs> um i'm not from philly but some say i'm blunt they're just the way like just for context, Scott's a big 311 fan. It's my favorite dope. band, and we've been that's talking cool. about like rap music, and he's been giving me 311 rap lines. <laughs> where I'm like, hey, yo, that's kind of whack. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like totally cool with it. <laughs> but in the 311 world, I think because of the cadences and what they're doing, like it just fits it so well, you know. Yeah. But then when you pull it out of that context and just send the line, it's like mm, that seems kind of whack. I mean, I'm just like such a child of that like time period, like. Rap rock. Yeah, no, totally. Chili Peppers, 311, Raging Against the Machine was like my wheelhouse. Yeah. So I think when we're talking about like, does the general populace hear all this stuff? They do, but they're not. I don't think many are like tuned into exactly how to articulate it. And it's the same thing when you look at art. A lot of people will pick up on things that an artist does in a painting or a sculpture or whatever. They might not be able to articulate the technique that went into it, but they're picking it up. Um, you can't separate those two things um so i think it's all about we could talk about what criticism is but it's all about practice and training and how to take things in mm-hmm. and to understand what's happening and but you don't need to have that to enjoy something you're still picking it up but you just right. don't know how to talk about it yeah yeah for sure well let me bring up something to you zach um because we have i have a bass player here to talk to for me if it has a good bass tone mm-hmm. um there's so many things that like people don't pick up on a lot of sometimes bass is like just buried as like to carry the low frequency yeah but um if there's something that's like articulated i'm mm-hmm. like ears up for sure do either of you guys know the band oysterhead i know the name but so oysterhead is les claypool of primus, mm, primus yeah. Stuart copeland of the police yeah. and trey anastasio of fish wow. yeah. so power trio yeah um and it's it's cool to hear them sort of interact with each other out of like these different contexts but like hearing les claypool like just put on this like distorted bass wall song mr always read over and over and over again just to hear how he's like kind of bubbling and churning through the uh through Stuart copeland's amazing drumming yeah so for me it's like but that's a musician thing probably yeah i don't know i gotta listen to oyster i can't i'm trying to imagine trey yeah. anastasio and it's cool <laughs> let's play pull together you don't even need to it talk about like bass but on. just like an instrument that you don't often or not even an instrument but like a, a pedal or a a sonic quality of an instrument that you don't like what's a theremin Ooh. right mm-hmm. if you hear that shit you're like oh yeah. or a 
lap steel, mm-hmm. a, a, a oh, sound yeah, that's yeah. not in a lot of songs that like just perks your ears up and you're like, I gotta go back and listen to that again. Zach, have I seen you getting down on lap steel before? Yeah, I okay. think I've seen a photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been uh, uh, listening to Faye Webster a lot, and man, there's some amazing lap still playing in that. That that's perfect. Like some like I think I mentioned Faye Webster to you, you know, and like. I'm obsessed with her music. Like I literally can't stop stop listening. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily like in my wheelhouse. But I think that vibe of that lap steel, man, it gets me every time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lap steel in Krungbin too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is. Yeah, I mean it's buried in there, it's buried, but it's yeah. adds atmosphere. Yeah. We had to bring Ben to talk about it. <laughs> so, anyways, though, Zach, give me some more stuff. Oh man, let's see. About uh, like things I like about songs or or just, just sonic more stuff too. that brings you back, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, obviously, like a great drum tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned before whether it's like dry, like the the contrast between the different right. elements of a mix, but uh, even just uh, like a good bass, uh, a good bass tone that is serves good, the song. What's well, a good key bass? Dive into a key bass, okay, key bass is that. a good tone. Right. That's, that's the Zach, tone. Because I know you go more in depth than this. And yeah. It's just got to a good bass tone too, but I'm picking on you. So, like, what's the, the good bass the tone? The Fender Precision Bass. reason the way that that instrument was designed it's like a slab of wood with some pickups attached to it mm-hmm. just fills this void like the sonic space that works so well with a kick drum and a snare drum and kind of fills the void between those and a guitar and and it just fits the mix perfectly it's uh, the most recorded bass of all time yeah. oh, i mean it's just yeah. the sound of bass yeah uh, I don't, I don't. I don't. I was watching a bunch <laughs> of like Mark League from Snarky Puppy oh, videos yeah. today. Because oh, yeah. he's a big P bass player, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I need to buy a P bass. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it was just what I had. It was just what was given That's to me. That's so cool that you had that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a piece of junk when I got it because it was just like the standard, you know, like the standard series, the cheap and the cheaper and expensive Mm -hmm. Fender option, but you can hot rod it and turn it into a hell of an instrument. I mean, that's the cool thing with Fenders, yeah, is that you can... Like you said, you can do whatever you want and make trick, it exactly. Trick them out, man. Trick them out. Yeah. Like they should bring Pit My Ride back, but like do it my bass. Yeah, with exhibit. Yeah. So you have some strings, but check under that. We added more strings under some more strings. <laughs> so I want to dive into that a little bit deeper. Like you're talking about, like a precision bass. Is there a song that you can just like point out to me that's just like that is the bass yeah. tone? And this is a little cliche, but you think my girl, yeah, right? oh, yeah. the oh, intro. Yeah. It's all town. P bass yeah. through an Ampeg B15 with flat wounds. Yeah. That's the sound, and it will. I mean, and it's not gonna work for every 
genre, but for the most part, I, it's just it's golden. It fits mm-hmm. the mix. I mean, it's iconic, and I mean, if you get a player like James Jamerson, yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say is that like, James on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, I think that's one of those things we're talking about where, like, popular society, so that one's been around since the 60s, you know, in 63, 64, I can't remember the exact year, but um, people love it. It's yeah. 2021, and you still hear my girl, and I think it's that baseline, you know, when it <laughs> hits from the beginning, mm-hmm. you hear that, it's just like, oh, you, you melt. You, you know? melt into yeah, it, and yeah. even, you know, yeah, all these years later, it's still, like, slaps, man. It's mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. I do think like that sound has like come back into popularity oh, yeah. for sure. Like the the P bass with flats. Yeah. Because I think if you go back to like the early two thousands, it was more like uh, active basses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with all the new metal that was happening, like you couldn't you couldn't play a, a play a P bass no. in that. No. no. It's yeah. like that's when like Ibanez's were selling like hotcakes. Extended you know? range. <laughs> you know, they get a low B and a yeah. high C string. <laughs> I think it's coming back into vogue and i think that's how music is yeah you know what other sonic qualities and i'd be interested to get your guys's opinion that i really love and um or it's just like a phaser flanger tone mm-hmm. for um, guitar yeah for sure i'm gonna do it i don't want to do this but tame impala mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, this example just came to my yeah, head yeah. but um like inner speaker man mm-hmm. i remember the first time and i'll put that on and uh it is not meant to be is like the first song something about that sound of just that swirling floating where it's like i could probably just listen to that for hours man and i'd be satisfied sometimes you know Mm -hmm. um yeah that's just one of those sonic qualities where like i don't even care about the hook like that thing just raised me ear candy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i feel like that's what um something like saint vincent has always talked about is like how to make my guitar not sound like a guitar she takes it like another step further than that but i feel like that's always been the journey when pedals really got going beyond like distortions and things like that it's like how do we extend what we're doing with this instrument to take you to different you know psychological or head spaces Mm -hmm. um to add that sort of vibe to the music that we're talking about that's it's not as noticeably a guitar you know it's like it's something beyond a guitar yeah is it is it possible? I feel like everything we're well, no, I think the P bass is clean. I'm just thinking of like when you talk about sonic elements, like is, is there anything to capture without effects or modulation that like sometimes you just hear something straight clean where you're like, that was amazing. Yeah, like a Fender Telecaster. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, just like a clean ass guitar tone. <laughs> Yeah. Leo Fender got it right. Yeah. <laughs> immediately with the first electric guitar. Like yeah. he just got it perfect. It's yeah. the guitar. It can work in any style of music. It sounds great. It's a, just, you plug a Fender guitar in through a Fender amp and that's just it's right. it's yeah. bliss. Yeah. 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 It's and it's an authentic, real 
right, thing. Right. It yep. just feels like it's real music played with real instruments, with real musicians. It's not synthesized in a computer. It's not fake digital nonsense. Yeah, really. right. Yeah. It's tied into the like analog recording trends that are coming back around for the past, I don't mm-hmm. know, 10 years or so. And then vinyl, it's tied into yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's all good. It's like people just want to have this like feeling like they could grab the music in a real tangible way yeah for sure yeah did you have anything kj in terms of like things uh no i mean i touched on yeah a little bit of you know that tame impala and yeah yeah the, the swirly guitar that it does for me i think i agree on all fronts with like the bass and the tone yeah. zach hit the nail right on the head <laughs> about the p bass and just my girl is like a great example but I don't have any other oh, examples like of Queen. Dude, listen queen? to any yeah. Queen record. Yeah. The bass lines are insane. Like it, it's 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 unbel- it's more complicated than it really needs to be, but it it works. It's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. And his tone is my best friend. Just a bass. Great bass playing. Yeah. 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 I was going to add to to just go beyond tone is like vibe. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so when I was in like high school, I used to listen to Pink Floyd all the time. <laughs> and so um, one of my favorite albums was Wish You Were Here mm-hmm. and uh, Welcome to the Machine. Mm-hmm. Do you know that song? For me, goddamn eerie, mm-hmm. like how that song starts, like this machine starting up and it gets to like this organ that's kind of like playing and like this pulsating bass. Like I used to just like listen to that on repeat going to sleep every night. Yeah. Just because it's set, uh, such a mood. I don't know why I wanted to go to sleep to like something scary, <laughs> but like, it, it like was scary to me. It was like scary music, dramatic music. Yeah. It's just like something that you just feel in your core where you're like, mm-hmm. I got to keep listening. To yeah. It. It's yeah. all chord out, you know, yeah. minor chords, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I think it goes beyond chords and like with like welcome to machine. It's like, it's, it's also paired with the lyrical quality and mm-hmm. other things, the, the instrumentation, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think vibes big. And I, the other song I was going to bring or not song, but musician was Sufjan Stevens. It's like, yeah. such just like a vibe yeah like you're not listening for a hook or any lyric or anything beyond just like i just want to be in this mood today right i'm just gonna put that album on or whatever yeah let's do a vibe check here zach what's your what's your couple examples of a song just has a vibe where you're just like i can't explain it a vibe hmm that's a great question you know i could have lied by the red hot chili peppers is great because it's it's it, uh, that, that really is one of those songs. Yeah, but it, we talk about Sugar Sex Magic. We love that. Don't even get us started. A mountain never seemed to have a need to speak. A look that shares so many seeds. 
too, the tempo of that song is so like slow compared to the rest of the album. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar tone sounds great. It's it's just super haunting. Um, yeah. It doesn't sound like there's a whole ton of uh, post production. Right. On it, or, like, it's pretty raw. Yeah. It's just yeah. like that's just them in a room. Like when really. he gets in that solo on there, like it's just like something about that solo. It's just like that's just the dude sitting in the middle of his living room, Drains you. like yeah, yeah, just like giving it his all, man. That's good. Yeah. Any other examples? Yeah. I think. (laughs) If I can think of any. KJ, give me a vibe. Uh, I gotta say Jerry Rafferty right down the line. (sighs) Yeah. Every time I. That's your go-to. Nice. I I just love it. You know I need your love. You got that hold over me. Long as I got your. What vibe does that put you in, though? It just, like, chills me out, man. It's like, I could literally be like, and that come out and be like, I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, I'm, I'm calming down, man. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. That is a good... I know that you've mentioned that a couple times. It's like I know, good, man. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, And then uh, Faye Webster right now, like I said, all of her stuff. But if I had to pick a song, um, Better Distractions has that same vibe. You got another example? Did you think of something? No, <laughs> no. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I just wanted to like drop that little <laughs> nugget. Like it's not necessarily about like the sonic elements, which is important, but it, for the, probably for the common listener, it's the vibe. Like, what yeah. do I feel like listening I to? I think right now? that is really something that is changing in the landscape of music in general, and I think that's why. I don't know. I guess I'll call myself out here being an old fogey and just not being able to relate to a lot of like rap music or something like you know. That might just be like consider like mumble rap. I'm using air quotes, and I and I'm connecting mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff now. But um, when it first was like kind of blowing up, it's just like I couldn't understand the vibe. You know, like I'm just in a different point in my life where some of that stuff was like the vibe is just not there for me. And when I talk to a lot of the kids that are like I mentor and stuff, they're always just like, it's just the vibe, and like, I don't give I don't give a fuck <laughs> what little Uzi Vert saying. Like right. it's just the vibe, you know. Yeah. Where I'm just like, okay, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I'd hate to to go back to this point, but I would say in Rainbows by Radiohead, that whole record is just a vibe. It's it's kind of a weird, messed up, haunted vibe. Yeah, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, I would say another one, cheesy mid '90s rock like uh like the Wallflowers.
Because mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. that, like one headlight, that's just straight up vi- like just, Fender Telecaster vibe. Like this tremolo. Oh, it's so good. Good yep. guitar. Like it's it, oh, it was a huge I'm glad hit. We brought that up. Yeah, Wallflowers. That's a man. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. and that's a good drum tone too. Yeah. Yes, oh, and he God. only plays a snare drum and a hi hat for the entire what? song. Like he got no other cymbals. I guess I've never realized that. Mm-hmm. Huh. That actually sounds awesome in headphones too. I listened to it maybe. I don't know, a year ago, and I like my ears perked up so much. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I revisited that album hard. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna put that one on the way home. It's really night good. cruising. That's good. It's, it's really night cruising. It's hit yeah. after hit after hit. Yeah. Do that one, and then do August and everything after, and you're like, you've understood like '90s alt rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say another one might be um, Pearl Jam. Yeah, ten. Because yeah. there's Did you like say 10? 10. Because the reverb on that entire record, I don't know if you've gone through Spotify and seen that there's a, I think, a, like alternate mix yeah, version of that is, record. Yeah. And Eddie was like, not happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like no reverb on anything. reverb on the original mixes really just it defines the record and really it contributed to the success of the song that is without like a us whole really podcast into itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i'm so happy you like dove into that because i haven't found many people to talk about that yeah that yeah. with scott we could talk about i feel like we're both on 90s all right well you got me b i, I mean can't I grew, lie. you grew, I grew up, up in it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah i mean like it's 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 known that Eddie was not happy with the initial mix of uh, 10. Mm-hmm. And so they went with Brendan O'Brien, who did their subsequent albums mm-hmm. yeah. and remixed it, you know, way more dry. Mm-hmm. And it strips it all of the character. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the character that just like you've grown up with or the character of the 90, early 90s or yeah. what, but it's like 10 needs that wet, wet, wet yeah. reverb. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that almost defines. Besides Nevermind, I mean, like the the early '90s, that the, just the sound of that reverb really just makes it what it is. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, we could we could so nerd much. out on all that all day yeah, yeah. long. Let's all jump right. to the next topic. Let's jump to the next we're, topic. We're so good with time. So Zach, you good? You good for Perfect. another one? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next topic we want to get into are just what are some of your favorite genre jumping acts and i know this one is kind of like hard to define it could be an album where an artist maybe just throws out that one album that isn't like anything it could be just their whole discography mm-hmm. whatever you or within one of. album they jump around. yeah or within one album so yeah. this is all i'm saying is the gates are wide open on this yeah. one when we talk about genre jumping as i use quotes here yeah, I would have to, you know, I'll probably take the easy way out and say the Beatles because they just, they yep. just, they did it. Yeah, they did it. They 100%. did it all.
know, they did uh, everything. And like, given the technology that was available, yeah. it's crazy. How did they do that? It's crazy. I think about that all the time, man. When I hear their mixes and things, I'm like, how were they capturing this to mm-hmm. make this happen? Instantaneous, and they would do it so much. Yeah. They would do it so like so quickly and to the best caliber. Uh, I mean, it's legendary. Yeah, it's legendary for a reason. Some people will hate on the Beatles, and they just think it's cheesy, crappy love songs, and then like oh, you know hippie rock after they changed. But it's. I don't want to be friends with those people. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, have you watched the three, two, one McCartney yeah. thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. One thing. So this is funny. This is kind of going back to the first topic we were talking about vibe and just like things and songs that you can't explain. And and when I saw that, I heard it. But Dear Prudence is like my favorite Beatles song. Oh yeah. And when they isolated that bass, I never mm. realized like the tone of it. Like. there was another song too um i can't remember which one but it was sounded like a, a tuba or something but it was a bass you know mm-hmm. where it's just like the beatles were just doing so much crazy stuff with their songs like beyond just the vibe but yeah like you said just like genre jumping somehow mm-hmm. effortlessly it's like rhythm and blues kind of like like based music and it just evolved into something completely different once they had uh better technological capabilities uh yeah. And more time to experiment. Yeah. And yeah. once they stopped uh, touring, it was just like, all right, I guess we can just do whatever we want, making music all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but- Somehow, like, Paul found a way to, like, leap through a wormhole and, like, push bass <laughs> to where it is today. I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's mind bending. It, it really is. It's crazy. And I don't think enough, enough people talk about it. I think when you talk about top bass players, you're yeah. not thinking like Paul McCartney. You got right Paul McCartney. He's you have right to. Up. He's but my favorite. Yeah, he, he's player. one of my favorites. It's not a technical yeah. thing, it's a melodic thing, so, though. Yeah. yeah. Feel. A lot feel of people want to talk about technique. Yeah. But mm. it's a. It's, it's, and I think that's why, in my opinion, I don't know. You guys are saying Paul gets mentioned a lot, but I feel like he doesn't. And I think, yeah. In a the bass community, he's. Yeah, he's a god. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like your average listener wouldn't wouldn't necessarily think. Like, no, because oh, he's not trying Paul to McCart- wow. Yeah, he's exactly. He's serving the song, which serving. is exactly yep. what needs to be done. Right. But he did it in such a way that was very melodic, and yeah. and his tone was just great. Yeah, su- super good. Like I mean, he's us- usually using a Hofner, and that's kind of his. That was always his signature thing. So when he would do something different. Uh, like while my guitar gently weeps was featured in the McCartney three two one documentary, and I'm pretty sure I've heard that he used a jazz bass on that song, yeah, which is yeah. why it's like just so raunchy and rocking. And it, like he used a guitar pick with it. Uh, it sounds like he uses a pick with most of his stuff because he gets right. that attack. Yeah, um, uh, like that articulation and the definition and his right. note and his playing. But using a jazz bass is completely out of character for the Beatles and for Paul McCartney. Right, and right. so when he does it, it just stands out completely and it's just this raunchy rock and roll sound. Yeah. I think he also used a Rick at some point too. Yeah. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. I want to bring up really quick, the reason I brought this topic to your attention was King Gizzard. Oh, of course I was going to bring them up, you know Yeah, that. I mean, just <laughs> it's my favorite record of theirs is their metal one, which is, in, what's it, uh, Infest the Rat's Nest? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's just cool when a band is like, and their music art already is akin to that sort of metal. But I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, my favorite album by them is Fishing for Fishies. And um, I just like Fishing for Fishies is such a soft song. And on that same album, they got Side Boogie, which is an electronic vocoder song. They're all They're making a metal album. (laughs) They're just just, having fun. They're crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if there's any metal fans out there and you don't know, if you haven't listened to Infest the Rats Nest, it's it's a great thrash metal, you know, even John, even I like that, but I feel like I'm just like a stand for King Gizzard, so like I like mm-hmm. it. But if you like that, then you're like you can easily jump into listening to like some old Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of I course, mean, yeah, it's, it's a hop, skip, and a yeah. jump to that, yeah, nice. But what else, KJ? Let me hear something from you, <sighs> man. I don't know. I mean, would we consider like chili peppers genre jumping? No, I would say throughout. <laughs> no, I would say I think through. Their, I don't know. Maybe they're, I'm thinking more of them as like an evolution. I'm just thinking yeah. of their discography and just mm-hmm. like in the beginning how they were more punk and all about that, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then you know to kind of they went the rock route and then kind of the softer route. I feel like later on in like the by the way era, right? They got like the that. pop sort of centric. Yeah, yeah. Of so I guess I wouldn't say genre jumping in like extreme cases. No, it's more you of know, an evolution thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they more evolved. I don't know. I'm, I'm deferring to Zach here. Okay, Zach, like he's got give some me more something here. Jumping. Oh man, I have a whole list of things. But you, <laughs> I mean, it's just man, my... I'm out. I, I mean, I would, I would say Beck. You know, yeah. Beck oh, is great. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he does yeah. like everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. just a little bit of everything in one song. Yeah, and there you go. <laughs> I think his albums too are different. I mean, he had the acoustic album. You know, mm-hmm. that that won the Grammy, and mm-hmm. then he just like put out an album with Pharrell. You yeah. know, and then like you think of like Odile and yeah. just like yeah he's all over the place there's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know a place we saw the lights turn low the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow pulling out I feel like he's rise to the level of like people just want to work with him yeah yeah and I know we sort of hated on Rivers Cuomo a few episodes ago, but like he's he's been able to like co-write with a bunch of people to jump yeah. genres. I mean, detriment to his band Weezer, but probably a good thing for his career and yeah. doing what he wants to do. Right. But dude, yeah. Weezer is another one of those bands. Total vibe. You listen yeah. to the Blue album. That mm, oh, oh yeah. gosh, we we talked about that on one of the episodes. I think we we talked about on like evolution of a band good or bad <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one <laughs> not so good maybe but i mean like i got like, again going towards this topic i think it's been good for him as who he is as an artist like he can mm-hmm. he can truly be he can work with i think he worked with miley cyrus a whole host of other pop musicians he's worked with all types of pop people man and that's good for him yeah who else you got um, also the birds. My favorite album by them is Queen of the Rodeo. Which is like their foray into country music. Right. Nice. Which is cool. Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, not too versed in the birds, but like most of their music's like that kind of more like uh, jangly folk. And that's a, that's a cool album by them. I also have to bring up like just we did we bring up Talking Heads earlier? No, no, I thought we did. We did. 
I don't think we. I did. think just talking heads is like just a great genre jumping. Like they took on like neo punk in a way. They took on a lot of Caribbean and funk influences. They took on just throughout their career, just even writing like and she was like a, a straight up pop tune. You right. know, like yeah. I think they're they're pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? They they could just kind of fluidly move through all these different kind of sonic textures, like. Lost my shit. Trying to act casual. Can't stop. feel like everything's always talking heads but they always change other sounds right you know, yeah what you couldn't be that if you were Soundgarden or mm-hmm. you know whatever i don't know i think a man like talking heads though with like a front man like david byrne like he's so unique where you could put him in any talking head situation it's like it's just gonna work because mm-hmm. you're gonna have that one stagnant thing it's like david byrne's going to be david byrne yeah I feel like yeah i think it's also like symptomatic of like the genres or not genres the decades that they lived through their mm-hmm. music like they started in late 70s worked through all the 80s i don't know if their last album came out but i feel like they they sort of found a way to lead into what like the pixies were doing in the late 80s so like they lived through this pretty wide range of musical genre and taste um and able to adapt to them which right. i think is pretty cool Dude, I just thought of one genre jumping act, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my boy, Scott. You know who I'm going to say. I don't. Prince, man. Of course. Dude, Prince is all over the place all the time, man. (laughs) I'm very interested. He's actually got a new new album coming out on Friday, but it was recorded in 2010. Okay. Uh, But they've released like three singles, and even through that, man, it's like Welcome to America was like the first single, and it was very jazzy and very slow and, you know, like funky, too. In other words, taken by a pretty face. Somebody's watching you. Welcome to America. Hook up later at the iPad. But we can meet at my place. Welcome to America. Welcome to America. Anybody close enough to hear knows what we've been listening to all year. These are the days my people told me to fear. This hot summer song that just came out was like, like kind of like Sly and a Family Stone, but kind of more you know Prince style with like his rock driven guitars in there. Man, there was another song that they released before that was just like you know your classic like uh, slow jam, yeah, baby making song by Prince. It's just like the dude is all over. That's man. where like just I think some genius comes in. Yeah, you know, it's just like not bound by what somebody expects you to put out. I mean, he kind of just created his own yeah there's those artists who are just Todd Rundgren I feel like it's like that he just makes whatever yeah I mean I think it's cool to put my buddy at that like Maybe Prince it. level but my buddy made and he's it. like just a genre jumping please go I'm down on my knees as you travel through these
Mathian. Mathian is like. I'll have to turn you yeah, on to my yeah. buddy Mathian. Yeah, I, I just, cannot believe it, man. He's just making music by himself. He's just one of Scott's friends. And just like every, I feel like every two months, he's like, got an album out. Got a cover, <laughs> got a cover album with oh, songs man. that sound nothing like the cover songs. It's hey, like I did a this Green Day Dookie like, yeah, cover he did, album. He did. He did. Like, Green Day. Yeah, but he did James Taylor on that one too, and he did Isley Brothers. I mean, just that alone, wow. a Green Day cover, an Isley Brothers cover, wow. like what? Yeah, he's he's crazy, man. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, I like when a um, band, like a bluegrass band, covers a non-bluegrass tune. I think mm, it's pretty. cool. I really like that too. I yeah. just like I'll set a playlist on Spotify and listen to it, like just bluegrass covers of popular yeah. songs. I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've also been really into Sturgill Simpson. Oh, oh yeah, Sturgill. man! What a good cover of um, Nirvana in Bloom. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. Do you know he says the lyrics wrong on there? Does he? Yeah, and it was because he literally just he he went in the studio and did it. You know, thinking he knew the lyrics, oh, and then really? afterwards they're like, "No, nah, this is what it is." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> I always thought he was saying this. That's I just cool. made up this." Yeah. Sarah, food. Where the changes move, spring is here. Yeah, Sturgill's great. Yeah, yeah, and he like redid all of his songs into bluegrass versions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is he's doing like different volumes of that? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. like two out right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cutting yeah. grass. Oh Sarah, here we go again. I can't get past the pain. What on said you? Too old now to learn how to let you. Cutting grass, that's such cutting a good song. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Is he like on the uh, front cover with like a <laughs> yeah. tractor or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's gotten to a level where he can kind of do what he wants. Yeah, but you see, it's funny, man. I, I I'm I'm doing a, a huge divergent here, but I just wanted to talk on this for a second because I love Sturgill. Like, um, and I would consider him more country, you know, mm-hmm. until the, the last album that he put out. But you know, for some people who know me, they're just like, "How do you like Sturgill, but you don't like country, like certain country music?" And I'm like, "Cause it's authentic. It's like what we talk." about all the time in this podcast of like 10 out of 10 times if you're authentic when you're making your music that's when i'm gonna feel the most you know what i mean if it feels like yo you're literally making this song from your heart because it feels like it then you're gonna do it you know but when i listen to like pop country like a florida georgia line or like a dan and shay or whatever it just feels like these people are trying to make this song for a certain thing or it's whatever. It's a product. Yeah. It's a product. It's a product, yeah. and that they're just trying to sell it. It was written by a songwriter, sold to a label, who shopped it around for the right singer to use, and it's all part of the machine. Exactly. Sturgill is super. Just seems super authentic in his music. His songs are really good. They're heartfelt, and as musicians, I mean, we can listen to some of those songs and relate to it because he's writing about being a musician. Yeah. yeah. He's writing about not being able to afford his, you know, his next. His next meal until yeah. you know so he's hoping to get a record deal right yeah oh, it's talking just about, really talking about family life too yeah. man like mm-hmm. yeah it's just hey he touches on it all man he's great yeah i love Sergio. i think it's just like the um the reality and that's that's just the world i guess is that some people are in it for the quick dollar and it's a career and mm-hmm. 
they they've realized the algorithm of what it takes to fulfill that monetary demand mm-hmm. and there's people that are like more legacy like I'm, I'm doing it for the love of doing it i don't think either is right or wrong we've we've seen certainly the whole history of music define both of those paths but it is interesting to kind of dissect both of them at the yeah. same time yeah i think uh they just just touching back on like the genre jumping acts of like when i love when bands could do that because it just shows you that like they're an artist, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they have all these things. And I think we talked about this kind of on the last episode when we talked about the, the evolution of an artist of just like, um, when it's all said and done, you want to be able to be like, look at these 15 albums I put on. I give you jazz and I give you rock and I give you blue gas and I give you country or whatever. And it all filled like me, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's every person's goal, you know? And at the end of the day, like regardless of people like it or not, you're like, yo, this is, this is me. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I think at the same time, if I was to be signed to a major label, you know, contract, yeah, and they wanted like that consistency, I'd be totally happy to do it. True, <laughs> that is true. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, that's like, still would agree to do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is like soul selling, but I'm like, I just, like, there's something cool at the same time, like I. All I wanted from Weezer was to like make five blue albums. Yeah. Like, just do it. So you <laughs> can do it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, but I think with certain artists, I mean, I'm going to pull out uh, Kanye here, you know, where like he's quote unquote a rapper. But I mean, if you listen to all the albums he's put out, he's all over the place, yeah. you know, um, where it's just one of those things where it's hard to not be rooted in what you're in regardless of the genre you're making and i mean like not to plug ourselves i mean i feel like sometimes i have a hard time defining us where it's just like yeah there's like funk and rock there that's like what it's rooted in but like we have all these other different things that come through songs too where like sometimes i feel like it confuses people where you know Mm. they hear like a quarter past four like it seems kind of cheesy and like and it's like yeah because i based this song off of hall and oats and it's like oh Hall and Oates, what, what that yeah, is. but you can still tell it's like funk and rock. Like, I feel like it's important a lot of times for when people jump around in genres, like the going back again to the authenticity, like, no matter what the music sounds like, that person sounds like themselves, right? Yeah, well, we hear that from you, Zach. Like, when you're playing, do you how do you feel about like genre jumping? Is that something that just like comes with like part of the game? Like you're mostly mm-hmm. rooted in like funk and rock and R and B, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of that. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Like with genre jumping, um, my band, the Turnips, has kind of, I'm, you know, just looking back because I was a fan of the Turnips before I was a member of the band because right. they formed in Big Rapids. Uh, and Big Rapids is such a small town. You just you end up knowing all the other musicians because there's only about six other people that play instruments there. Yeah, you know, over the last ten or fifteen except years, for like, all the drummers. I, yeah, around. except the drummers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like half half of them are drummers, and the other two are Chris Cranick and me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, with the Turnips, you know, they started with uh, like this folks folk rock kind of like Americana, uh, rootsy stuff. Uh, and we just kind of progressed and started writing more in the vein of Motown and some, you know more syncopated rhythms, more syncopated beats, just to give it a little bit of a more funky feeling to it. And we've had so many lineup changes. We've had something around fourteen people uh, out of the band, kicked That's out, so or, or let yeah. go, or they they quit. You know, um, whatever. It's about fourteen people uh, until we've gotten to this lineup uh, that we have now. 
Was and, was Austin in uh, Turnips at some point? Uh, Austin joined. Well, we okay. So uh, Andy is Andy Kirby is the band leader, right? And has he been like the stay still? He's the only. The, he's the only okay. original <laughs> he member. Is the turnip. <laughs> he is the he is the turnip, and. We, he used to run the open mic uh, at Cranker's Brewery in Big Rapids, uh, and we would just jam there. Austin started showing up, and he was just a huge fan of Andy to begin with, so right. he learned a lot just from listening to him, watching him play, uh, and we would jam together, and that just kind of one thing led to the next, and Austin's in our band after right. you know just because we're just so comfortable with each other we right. spent so many nights just messing around that it's, it's the most logical choice is just to have him in yeah yeah um but having him in there has definitely progressed the band uh, to like a, a funkier side especially with the addition of joe fillion on drums because he's just a beast and he's constantly playing variations of grooves and beats and rhythms and just uh, trying new things out constantly and that's definitely inspired me in my playing to kind of branch out a little bit, play the fundamental groove and kind of expand from that every single pass through every time you do a section, yeah. uh, experiment a little bit, try slight variations here and there and just try something that f- don't be afraid to try something new because you might fail, but you might stumble upon something really cool. Right. And, uh, it's just good, to, you know, it's just good to stretch your legs a little bit and, yeah. and try different things out. I would say, you know, as we're, as we're talking and we're thinking about things, Austin is <laughs> probably one of my favorite genre jumping people. I never <laughs> know over the what place, I'm going to get with him or like <laughs> when I'm jamming with him or when I'm going to a show, like what he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, the, like one of my favorite songs by him is kind of solo, I guess, kind of not. But on the Avocado Squad, he has a, uh, what's that song? Beach song. Like yeah. Beach Day. Beach Day. No, beach. Yeah. Super funky, upbeat, you know. And then I just listened to his solo album that's coming out. Mm-hmm. It's all country, straight up yeah. country, mm-hmm. you know. This ain't your beach no more. Get off of my beach. This ain't your beach no more. Get off of my beach. Fly truly as the fletching catches wind, deciding where and when you land. But I believe yeah. I played four songs yeah. on that. Oh, record. you were on that? Okay. Yeah. So nice. we, we, you know, we did, uh, it was uh, kind of like two different bands, we two different rhythm sections, really. Um, so me and Joey P from the Turnips played on a, a few different songs, and we just, yeah, we fleshed them out at La Luna, spent a couple days there, and yeah, it was a blast. It was nice. a really good time. Austin's a really great songwriter and a phenomenal guitar player, so it was a lot of fun to be able to uh, get into a controlled environment and, and just mess around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, respect on that, man. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's very... I, like, I've jammed with Austin a lot of times, and to see him just, like you know play folk uh, folk riff you know to play a rock riff mm-hmm. to play in a metal riff and doing tapping like he's just he, he can do it all man yeah. <laughs> he used to be really into metallica the shredder kind of thing comes from so, so I, like stay every tune to that album yeah. coming out at some point oh yeah, then, yeah 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 austin's supposed to be in, austin and hannah are gonna be in here at some point yeah we'll sure. get them yeah, on yeah i talked to him already so cool. we'll figure it out yeah um I can't remember my point. Oh, I was going to say Van Halen. I feel like every guitarist oh, yeah. is like into Van Halen at yeah. some point and goes to that phase. Like, I got to figure out how to do tapping and play e Is that shape. like the Jocko stage for bass players? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> you got to dabble in it. Yeah. You know, you got to try it out. I want some harmonics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Let's go to the last topic there. Last or last, topic. last question. All right, Zach. I didn't hit you with this yet because we, oh, always, we always surprise yeah, yeah. So at the end of every episode, we always ask each person if your band or your music was a type of blank, what would it be? So um, I'm going to throw you a bone here and give you a, a, a variety of options with this with this choice here. If your band, I guess, do we want to focus on a turnout? Yeah. I think we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. If your band was a type of beer... What would it be? And we're not just limiting this to like you know IPAs styles. Mm-hmm. Like it could mm-hmm. be a, a, a specific type of beer. You could okay. be like Elijah and just like completely make up your own brand of beer. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot he did that. He made up his own beer. <laughs> well, I can't remember what his topic it was, was. Was a store. A and store. He completely made yeah, up his he own just store. Like combined. Which shout out. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> hmm. If it was a type of beer. Yeah. So I think what Scott's saying is like you don't have to choose a brand if you want to be like a IPA with a little bit of uh, whatever like coconut in it or something <laughs> shit. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So grapefruit. You got IPAs. grapefruit. Yeah, I'd say it'd be like a like a short soft parade. Mm, okay. Because uh, it's easy to digest and to consume, but it'll fuck you up. No, that's a good. That was like the fastest off the top of the head response that totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's totally legit. Usually people are like, um, um I edit five minutes see. out of thinking. Sophorate, <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's I like good. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's good beer, and it makes sense completely. I know this is weird, but even like the color of that beer, I don't know. I could associate that with the turnips somehow, some way. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that pinkish, reddish, mm-hmm. light but dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like that you can drink it like on any occasion, but like afterwards, man, you learn the hard way. You <laughs> just drink two of them on like a summer day because you're like, oh, Slug man, them this down. tastes so delicious. <laughs> and then by like three o'clock on a sunny day after drinking two, you're like, oh shit, I think I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Yeah. Tomorrow's me rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. I don't know. I we think that's there. it. I, I'm like so surprised at how fast he got to that. I'm like, oh damn, I wasn't preparing for you to just hit me with that so quick. <laughs> Anything you want to leave us with? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, yeah, thanks for having me on here. This is super cool. This sure. is awesome. Um, definitely, like, anyone listening to this, be sure to check out um, all of the music in West Michigan, for sure, because there's so many good musicians here. It's I think Grand Rapids is the, is the next hot spot. You know, right. like, historically, there's always been these cities that uh, there's a scene there, there's a community, and it really, you know, it just blows up into, into the mainstream, like, yeah. just for instance, Seattle, or exactly you know, any, like anywhere, yeah. Grand Rapids, I think, is that next scene because, especially with beer, microbreweries, right. yeah, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. So support your local musicians. Find those bands that you love and go check them out for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then go check out bands that you don't know. There's so many local showcases that you should just go do. You I don't even, even need to know the names. I think that's <laughs> even more important. You can't you, lose you out. See those bands you don't know. Like we did that pyramid scheme this this weekend. Yeah, never seen any of those bands. It was great, though. It was great. That sounds fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, anyways, thanks for coming, Zach, man. We appreciate you. We'll we'll, we'll holler at you guys next episode. Stay tuned for next episode.